This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Brewers on Tap. episode number 68 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle, special off-season edition of Brewers on Tap coming your way. We were down in the Arizona Fall League last week. We'll talk a little bit about that and let you listen in on some conversations with Brett Phillips, Jacob Nottingham, and Isan Diaz from Down in the Desert. But first, some news and tidbits to cover off the top. David Stearns and Craig Council announced last Friday in a joint press conference that the Brewers' manager has agreed to an extension that now takes him through the 2020 season. Council says that he's excited because now he knows he'll be able to see this building process all the way through. Of course, previously announced was that the entire coaching staff would be back for 2017 as well. The Brewers announced their spring training schedule on Wednesday, and among the keynotes, the pitchers and catchers reporting on Valentine's Day. Of course, Remember spring training a little bit earlier this year with the World Baseball Classic baked into the spring training schedule, so to speak. So the first game for the Brewers will be in Maryville against University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and then the real Cactus League schedule begins the next day in Tempe at Tempe Diablo Stadium against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The Dodgers, the Rangers, and the Royals fill out the February portion of the schedule. And then, of course, the Brewers will roll into March, finishing up at Maryvale on March 29th against the Angels. We just talked about them being the first Cactus League game as well. And then the Brewers will fly home, and they'll play two-game exhibition series with the Chicago White Sox at Miller Park. That taking place on March 31st and April 1st with a day off on Sunday. And then, of course, opening day against the Rockies just around the corner. So the Cactus League schedule is out, and you can get excited of course, about that. Brewers have also made a move since we last talked to you. Paulo Espino, who is a AAA pitcher, past seven seasons in AAA. He's been in the Nationals organization, right-hand pitcher. He turns 30 uh, in January, and he does have an invite to Major League Spring Training. Espino uh, still waiting to crack the Major League roster with somebody, gives some organizational depth. Could be a swingman as well, and um, a minor league signing there for them, <clears throat> a minor league signing there for the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, last week I was in the desert to follow the seven Brewers prospects that are winding down their Arizona Fall League seasons. Had a chance to see two games that involved the Salt River Raptors, the team hosting the Brewers prospects this year, and also took in the Fall Stars game at Surprise Stadium. And the Brewers had both Jacob Nottingham behind the plate and Brett Phillips in right field participating in that game. While Phillips and Nottingham haven't put up huge numbers offensively, they have shown the ability to get quality at-bats. 
and I talked with Brett Phillips while I was down in Phoenix. Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty comparable, uh, maybe a little better. Um, this is my second stab at it, second year here in, at the Fall League. Uh, competition's great, you know. You're going to see everyone's best each and every day, which is great. Um, in, the, in the Southern League, maybe uh, in a five-game series, you're going to see three or four. But out here, uh, you're going to see everyone's best arm, and you're going to see everyone's best hitter. So competition's great. You know, uh, I like the statistics. What is it, 70% of these guys go on to play in the big leagues, which is unbelievable. Uh, but it's been great so far, and, uh, you know, I, I love um, being out here and the camaraderie with these guys, playing against the guys that, you know, you play against going through the minor leagues you, you, so you can put, a, a, you know, a name to the, to the face. So it's been good. You, of course, spent a little bit of time in the Texas League before you became part of the Brewers organization and then with Biloxi at the end of 2015 and then uh, in 2016. How different is AA even between... The Texas leagues, League yeah. League. Yeah, it's it's actually a lot different. Um, you know, coming over from uh, the Texas League to the Southern League, I would say the Southern League, uh, you know, not because I, I didn't play as well, but um, it's, it's harder in the Southern League. You, like I said, five-game series, that's that's pretty tough because, you know, you, you're seeing everyone's uh, arm in the rotation. Uh, you know, five, five-man rotation, you're seeing all five. Um, in the Texas League, you know, you're, you're getting three three games, maybe four. Um, so if you're struggling game one or two, you got to hang with them the, the rest of the series. Uh, in a three-game series, if you're struggling, you know, you're on to a, a different ballpark, a, a, a different, you know, atmosphere. But in the Southern League, five games, it's tough, but, you know, it's good. It's it's good because you're not going to get that anywhere else. It's the only league you're, you're going to have five-game series. And you might luck out and miss some guys. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. Your arm obviously gets a lot of attention. You have a very big arm. Has that always been the case for you? Yeah, you know, I, I tell people that's kind of, you know, what got me on the map to uh, getting drafted was, um, you know, my arm from the outfield and, and speed as well. But, uh, you know, it's just a testament to when I've, when I've been nine years old, just long tossing. Everyone always thinks it's, you know, lift a lot of weights and stuff. But, you know, what it boils down to is actually just long tossing since I've been nine years old. It's the best thing for your arm. And, you know, it's just what I – you know, a testament to how good my arm is now. You mentioned that you didn't have the season you wanted to have this year, but the power numbers are pretty good, and you continue to get on base still. I mean, that has to be kind of challenging when you're maybe not making as much contact as you'd like, but you're still finding ways to contribute. Yeah, you, you know, it was, it was a different feel for me this year. It was my first time batting in the three-hole uh, at the double-A level, which, you know, no excuses, but it's it's a different feel. I've, I've batted leadoff my whole life, more fastballs, now batting in the three-hole where – you're, you're supposed to produce and, you know, drive in runs when I've always been like a run scorer. So, you know, it's been a lot more off-speed pitches. But like I said, which has been great for my career, you know, get that under my belt, get that experience at that at that position in the lineup, you know, so I can be a little more versatile here in the future. Is there is there anything off-season-wise you're going to really focus on to try to get yourself ready for 2016? You know, I'm, I'm just going to take the same approach I, I've had in the past off-seasons, get as strong as I can. You know, uh, yoga is, is a great injury prevention. Uh, you know, just going into the 2017 season, it's going to be a big year for myself and a lot of expectations. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to be as healthy as I can and as strong as I can going into the next full season. This farm system in general is so loaded with so many great players, a lot of talent, a lot of outfield guys. 
Uh, are you guys all pretty close, and, and is it exciting to be a part of a, such a yeah. movement with the Brewers? You know, with the Astros, it was the same thing back when I got drafted. It was uh, the rebuild process, you know. So I'm, I'm familiar with the process, and you know, going along, uh, like you said, great outfield talent, but all across the board, pitching, catching, infield, uh, the talent is just amazing, which is great for this for the Brewers here in the future because you kind of see the movement the Cubs had uh, you know with the Astros having a good season um, the past couple years so I, I really see us being in that contention for uh, for playoffs here soon. What's it like being a minor league prospect in an in-season trade? Oh it was it was tough you know um, it was bittersweet at first like I, I told people before just because I had built the relationships and friendships with with the Astros guys, but you know, it's a good opportunity. And you know, for me, like I was drafted in the sixth round, so there was a, never any first round pressure or anything. But you know, when I was traded um, as you know a key a key piece, kind of really just kind of pressed. And you know, uh, as much as you tell yourself you don't have to do anything different, you know, I wanted to go over there and impress the Brewers. So maybe uh, try to do too much as as a player. And you know, I'm really just settling down now and uh, I'm comfortable with the Brewers. Uh, you got a year under, under my belt. Everyone knows who I am. I know everyone. So it's good now. I'm at a comfortable place. Was it funny for you that you get traded and six weeks later David Stearns becomes the general manager of the Brewers? A guy that was yeah. certainly very familiar. Yeah, you know, it just makes the transition a lot more, uh, a lot better and comfortable. You know, David Stearns, uh, very, very smart guy. One of the, the best GMs out there. And, uh, you know, he just, he knew who I was, you know, so it makes this transition a little easier for me knowing that he came from the Astros, he knows the type of player I am, and I, I just know what's expected for, of me. So. And thanks to Brett for joining us on the podcast. Jacob Nottingham just collected a walk-off hit last Monday, and he seems to be getting more and more comfortable behind the plate. We chatted before their game last Monday against the surprise Suaros. Jacob Nottingham is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. Down here in the Arizona Fall League, able to participate in the Fall Stars game on Saturday night, and that was a big double yeah. in the fifth inning. Did you feel like you got that one off the bat? I did. I thought I had it, but um, I don't know. I guess the ball wasn't carrying that day, uh, that <laughs> night. So It was loud yeah. from behind the plate. It was very loud. You have great power, obviously. That's something that you're known for. Your bat uh, certainly plays behind the plate. The question for a lot of people is, is Jacob going to be able to stay behind the plate for his career? And everything that I've heard from within the Brewers organization, they're very pleased with your work behind the plate this year. How nice was it to come to a place that's got such a good reputation of developing catchers like Jonathan Lucroy, like Martin Maldonado? Um, that was awesome. Uh, I remember the first day uh, actually meeting Greeny and Lucroy. Um, I could tell how much passion they had for catching and I think that's what's really good for my career and um, to be able to work with those guys and Maldonado is, I think that was the best thing for me and um, I just can't wait for what the future has with them and uh, just hopefully they keep helping me. You got a taste of big league camp last year with the major league team uh, in spring training and so were you able to kind of soak in some of that knowledge from the veterans? Oh yeah, um, I asked a lot of questions and uh, just trying to follow them and how they went about their business and um, I definitely learned a lot and it was definitely a great experience. You mentioned Charlie Green. This is a guy that's very well known for his ability to develop catchers. What have you learned from him in the short time that you've been able to be around him? Um, just how much passion he has for, uh, for catching and that's what you want in your career. 
um, if you don't have that passion, you're not gonna you're not gonna like catching and uh, seeing that um, how much he cares for and how much he cares for helping other guys. It's awesome, and I love catching and um, I just want to get better and I feel like I've strided a lot uh, from getting better from buying the plate and receiving. So. Uh, the biggest thing is just keeping it going. We talk about receiving and the athleticism behind the plate all the time, but the preparation's a big part of oh, yeah. catching too, and I think sometimes that gets glossed over. Ha has that been something that's always come easy to you, or is it something that as you've worked your way through professional baseball, preparing to how we want to call this game, how we want to handle different batters in the lineup? I'm sure as you move up through the organization, that'll become an even bigger, bigger part of it. I mean, yeah, you always got to keep working on it because Hitters are also getting better too and kind of figure out what route, like if you have a routine on calling pitches and what sequences. So um, kind of just got to read the batter and whatever happens, whatever your gut feeling is, you call the pitch. So um, definitely a preparation thing and just got to get better at it and just keep it going. You were one of the youngest guys in the Southern League, certainly young for that level. Um, what, what did you learn going through a year in AA with Biloxi? Um, just not giving in to hitters. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing this year, catching-wise, is um, just trying to learn the game and learn learn swings. Um, I think hitters got better, pitching, pitchers got better. Um, definitely a big step in high A, I think. So, and obviously the weather, just trying to keep cool and um, just do the best I can in 140 games. Is it fun for you to be here with Brett Phillips, the guy you just spent the entire year? I mean, he's obviously oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. And you seem like a fun guy. Yeah. Everybody says that you're a guy that smiles a lot, too. I mean, is that fun for you two to be going through this experience no, it together? It is. I mean, uh, Phillips was one of the first guys I actually met with the Astros system. And um, I kind of hung out with him a lot and with the Astros. And it's good that we're together now. We live together during the year. So he's one of my really good friends. and. Um, it's awesome that me and him are on the same team. What, what has the Fall League opened your eyes to over the last few weeks? I think the competition. Um, everyone's here is, I think, a really good chance in the big leagues. And to be on the same team with them and just being around all the guys and learning different things, is it's kind of cool just seeing different personalities and how good these guys are going to be. What's your biggest thing you want to accomplish to get yourself ready for 2017. What, what, what do you want out of the next season for you? Um, I'm still working on catching. I mean, um, learning how to call the game, how to, how to be a leader. Um, still learning on blocking and receiving. And obviously at the plate to just have better at bats. Um, not, not giving up at bats and just making hard contact. Perhaps the biggest head-turner in Arizona for the Brewers didn't make the fall-star game. That's middle infielder Isan Diaz. The 20-year-old has uh, seen his batting average rise up into the mid-200s, about 250-ish, six doubles uh, through earlier in the week. He has really played well and kind of picking up where he left off as he was the Brewers' minor league player of the year over the course of the regular season. It's easy to see why Diaz is fast rising up the prospect boards. Isan Diaz is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. And Isan, uh, we talked to you in June, and a lot has changed since then. You were just kind of getting hot at that point in time. Big finish to the season. Get into the Midwest League playoffs. Uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind last three or four months for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been um, 
it's been a heck of a, of a year for me, obviously. Uh, new organization, you know, new faces, a lot of uh, a lot of goals and a lot of uh, things to, to accomplish. And uh, obviously ones that I didn't have in mind, but, you know, ones that I was very fortunate and blessed with. You had a great year in 2015 in the Pioneer League. You're the MVP of that league. Uh, then you struggle out of the gate in the Midwest League. Make the adjustments and have the big finish. What what were those adjustments? Do you, can you pinpoint things that you did differently, or did you just kind of hang in there and it turned for you? Um, yeah, I think I think it was just kind of mentally. I think it was all mental the whole time. Um, obviously, just trying to get used to the weather and all that other uh, all that other drama that was going on. And um, my family had a big uh, impact throughout that uh, whole time. And, uh, uh, it was just something that I had to just try and fix myself as a person, mentally, on and off the field. And, um, and once I got everything situated and kind of got back to myself, uh, to the way I was playing the year before in the Pioneer League, kind of everything started to fit in. And, and it was always just that, you know, finding that one day, that one swing, that one game where you just feel comfortable and, and just try and fall into place. And, and, and once that happened, everything just fell on its own. And, and things just kind of came going, you know, good for me. And, uh, and the game started, uh, started treating me well. How does that give you confidence as you continue to rise up through the system? You know, you're going to meet new challenges. And now you've kind of faced adversity and you've overcome it a couple of times. Does that, does that give you more confidence as you move up? Yeah, I, I, think, I think now it's, uh, it's, it's, it's better for me now, obviously, being here in the Fall League and, and going through this experience now and seeing how players just carry themselves as a, as a professional athlete, you know, in the higher levels kind of just, you know, opens my mind up to, to just be, you know, just be myself and, and go out and have fun and just play the game the way I know how to play it. Uh, you know, if there's one thing I've learned since I've been here is to just play without fear. Um, you know, obviously being the youngest player here, uh, kind of not trying to change who I am and, and just going out and, and just competing just the way I know how to. And uh, just letting the game, you know, go on its own and, and just playing every day. Now you mentioned it. You didn't turn 20 till the end of May, I believe. And now you're here in the Arizona Fall League, some of the top prospects in the game. Has this been fun? Has this opened your eyes a little bit about the things you need to do next now to continue your development? Yes, uh, it, it's, it's been, you know, it's great. Obviously, we've got a couple of big leaguers here that, that have been, you know, that played in the big leagues and, and uh, you know, just kind of picking their brains and just asking them questions on how things are up there. And, and obviously guys who played in double A and triple A and other, you know, uh, you know, levels and, and, it, and it just, it's amazing. You can really honestly tell the difference between low A and here, you know, and, and it just kind of amazes me just the, the, the amount of, uh, of the, you know, the difference that, that there is between those two the levels. And, and, uh, and I know like, I'm able to play in, 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 uh, in any level that, you know, that comes my way. And, uh, now it's just trying to fit all the parts and put everything together and, and try to be as consistent as possible. You played some second base too. Do you have a preference between short or second? And, and is that is that nice because it kind of opens up more doors for you down the road? Yeah, I mean, um, I've always played short and uh, you know, playing short and then going over to second just kind of you know it, it makes it easier going to second base. Obviously, you can play short, you can play anywhere. And, uh, you know, it's a privilege to be able to play both positions. And, uh, you know, I don't really have a preference, you know, wherever, wherever it is that I'm, you know, fit to play, that's what I'm going to play. What was it like for you? You're named Minor League Player of the Year for the Brewers organization. You get brought to Miller Park. Was that, a, that, was that fun to kind of taste that, get a, get a little snapshot of what that could be like for you in a couple of years? It was a day to remember, I can say that much. You know, uh, it, was, it was very special, very, uh, you know, it was, it was a blessing.
blessing to be a part of that, especially with Brandon Woodruff, who's a great guy. And, and uh, just getting to know him, I, was, I never really met him until we got to that point. And, um, and it was just a, it was overall a great day. We learned a lot about the city of Milwaukee and, and, and the organization, you know, things that I didn't know of coming into the organization. And, and it was just great just now looking forward to things that we, you know, we want to accomplish and how we're looking at things towards as an organization. And, uh, you know, just trying to put all the pieces together and hopefully uh, make things happen here in the future. Did you know Phillips or Nottingham or any of the arms that are down here from the Brewers organization very well? A couple of the arms you probably did, but did you know Phillips and Nottingham at all before coming down here? Um, I've met them in spring training. Um, obviously, you know, I had a buddy of mine who knew Nottingham, and uh, that's how I kind of met Nottingham. And, and Phillips, I just met him uh, in spring training, and you know, he's, he's a heck of a guy. He's, he's awesome to always be around with. He's just, you know, a blast. Uh, just that one player you can always feed off of, you know, his energy and his always just happiness. He's always be out here on the field. And uh, Nottingham is another good guy too. He's, uh, you know, always you never see the guy always you know ever angry. You know, it's like why would you be angry? You come into a ballpark every day to play the game we love. You know, and just have fun. So, uh, they're a bunch of good guys, and I'm happy to be here. Isan, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Four pitchers are also in Arizona. Right-handed pitchers: Josh Ewan, Taylor Scott, Javier Salas, and Tyler Sperlin. Ewan has big potential with a mid-90s fastball. Scott and Sperlin have enjoyed the most success so far this year at the Arizona Fall League. Well, it's time to take a look at what's on tap. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Well, the promotional calendar for 2017 recently announced among the cool items, you're going to be able to get your hands on a Yount motorcycle bobblehead, a Robin Yount on a motorcycle, of course, hearkening back to 82. So Robin Yount motorcycle bobblehead day, Bob Euchre magic eight ball, and a Jonathan VR stolen base champ bobblehead among the great giveaways for 2017. Go to Brewers.com for more info. That's going to do it for us this week on Brewers on Tap in episode number 68. We'll be checking in with you again later on down the road here during the offseason. Hope you're enjoying it, everybody. Have a good one.